Good morning, everybody. I hope everyone is doing super well today. I'm Sierra, as Jenna said. I've been coming to this church since I was in diapers, so like three years old. Um, well, I don't know if I was in diapers when I was three. Anyways, um, so good morning. When you walked in today, you probably were thinking, what miracle of Jesus are we going to be talking about today? Because that's kind of the series we've been in, talking about the miracles, the questions, the parables, a bunch of those things about Jesus. However, because we're kind of doing this whole Youth Sunday thing, and if you didn't know, youth group took over Sunday service today, if you didn't get the memo. That's why everyone looks so small. But, (laughs) so because youth group took over Sunday service, Ian asked me to speak on something that the Lord was, like, putting on my heart to speak about. So initially we said that, there were so many thoughts that came to my mind that I wanted to talk about. But after spending some good time with the Lord, he kind of brought me to one thing. And so this morning we are going to be talking about intimacy with the Lord in every season of our lives. And in order to do this, we're going to open our Bibles to Psalm 27. Now, the author of this psalm is David. And if you know, David is often referred to as a man after God's own heart. So who better to learn about intimacy with God than from the person who literally just wanted to be with God in every moment of his day? So if you take a moment to open your Bibles to Psalm 27 or your phones or whatnot, let's read. David says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord protects me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to destroy me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will know no fear. Even if they attack me, I remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in the sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing, and praising the Lord with music. Listen to my pleading, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not hide yourself from me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Do not leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the path of honesty, for my enemies are waiting for me to fall. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done and breathe out violence against me. Yet I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for David's words. Thank you for David's heart who just wants to love you. I ask that as I speak about intimacy with you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit come and he just fill this room and he fill anybody on the live stream watching, that you touch each and every single person's heart and show them what intimacy with you looks like for them, not for David, not for me, but for them, and how you want to lead them in your path of honesty. In your name we pray. Amen. So... What's super important when we're analyzing a passage is to look at the context of it because it can help us, like, keep in mind, like, what's going on. So nobody's actually sure of when David wrote this psalm. Some people believe he was writing it while he was anticipating a battle. 
Some people believe he was writing it while he was in the midst of one. And some people believe he was writing it right after one. So whatever it is, he is surrounded by battle. And so we can kind of get our mindset into that, like, what's the battle that we are facing? Or, like, we're in the midst of or that's around us. Like, that's where David is when he's writing this psalm. And so that's why it's so crazy how he starts this psalm. Because if we've ever been in a battle or wherever we are, it can be so terrifying and crazy and awful sometimes. However, David starts with so much confidence. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord protects me from danger. So why should I tremble? See, David is so confident. He's so confident in the Lord that he will get him through this, that he has no fear. He has no worries. When's the last time you were in the midst of something so bad and you had no fear and no worry? I know that. I don't know if I've ever been that way. But David is so confident in the Lord. And it's so amazing. And I think it's something that we can all really learn from that. If David can do it, so can we. Um, But so he is just so confident. And one thing to note is that in that first verse when he says salvation, the actual Hebrew word, if you take from that, translates more to deliverance. So he's relying on the Lord for his deliverance through whatever he's going through. He's relying on the Lord for the breakthrough of what he's in the midst of. Yeah. So then we also look in verse 3, and he says, Even if they attack me, I remain confident. Even if they attack me, I remain confident. Like I said, he's just so confident. But the amazing thing to me is David doesn't, isn't looking at the Lord and asking, Why am I doing this? Why am I going through this? Why are you allowing this to happen, Lord? Because I know I've had some moments from the Lord, but I've been so mad. Like, why are you letting this happen? David's not like, why are you letting people literally kill me, try to kill me? He's just like, okay, Lord, I'm confident in you. I'm confident that whatever this is, like, you have a reason for it, and I'm just going to trust that. Like, what I imagine David doing in this moment is is he's, he's literally just doing a trust fall into the Lord's arms. Like, he's just doing a trust fall, and he's like, okay. Like, I don't care what's happening. I'm just going to let it be and let's be confident in you. Because he's asking the Lord to provide his strength and provide his confidence for him. And so I just think that's so unique and so different than a lot of times how we want to react to things going on in our lives. And I think he doesn't just tell us that he's confident. I think he can actually tell us why he's confident. Because you see in verse 13, he says, Yet I am confident, there it is again, confident, that I will see the Lord's goodness. Well, I am here in the land of the living. I think the key to this David's confidence is that he knows the Lord is good. And therefore, if the Lord is good, everything's going to be okay. And he's going to get through. People may be trying to kill him, but he is going to be okay. And he's going to get through this battle because the Lord is good. However, I don't want you to hear is that we have to be perfect and we have to never doubt the Lord. We have to be so on our high horse and just knowing that God's going to take care of everything because that is so hard to do. I think we can be inspired by what David did, and I think we can use it as an example for the next time we walk into a battle. But we can also see that David's human, just like us, because literally four verses later, after he's just so confident in the Lord, in verse 7, he says, Listen to my pleading, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. And then again in verse 9, he says, Do not hide yourself from me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God, in my salvation. I don't know about you, but that sounds like he's kind of doubting what's going on in his life. He's kind of doubting what's happening. He's kind of worried, stressed, scared, even though literally four verses earlier he was so confident that God was. But he's now so worried that God's going to abandon him, so worried that he's going to be on his own, so worried that everything's not going to work. 
And so we, that's human. That's who we are. That's what happens. And the thing that I love about the Lord is the Lord's response to David isn't yelling at him saying, come on, how many times do I have to deliver you before you finally realize that I'm here? He's not yelling at him. He's not angry at him. Instead, what does the Lord do? He reassures him. Because David looks straight at God and says, I'm doubting. Please help me. Please reassure me. Because in verse 10, the Lord says, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. So instead of that verse could have said, David, you're an idiot. Please start trusting me. Instead, he says, the Lord will hold me close. If everything else goes bad, the Lord will be here and he'll hold me close. So because David looks to God for his reassurance, he doesn't shy away from it and be afraid and be so guilty and feel shamed for being doubtful. Instead, he just looks at the Lord and the Lord comes back and says, okay, yeah, I'll reassure you because I love you and I'm good and I want you to be confident in me and what I'm going to do. And so I think what this teaches us about intimacy is that it's real. With God, our intimacy is as real as it can be. God wants the real us. God doesn't want the us that's going to be just confident on our high horse. He doesn't want that just side of us. He doesn't want to see that kind of fake it till you make it confidence. He wants to see what's really going on in our heads, what's really going on in our emotions, what's really happening. And that's what he does with David. He doesn't ask David to be perfect because Jesus was already perfect. Jesus already never doubted God. Jesus already trusted him fully. So because Jesus did that, God now invites us to just be real. God now invites us to just be who we are and just be the doubting people that we are. And there's so much grace for it. And there's so much reassurance in it. And all we have to do is say, hey, God, I'm stressed. I'm worried. And I know you're going to take care of it because you always have. But I'm still stressed. And he's like, okay, let me just remind you, whatever it is, that I'm just going to reassure you. Because that's the good, good father that we have. However, another side of intimacy that we can see David kind of pressing into in this psalm is that David just wants to be with God. It is just that simple. He just wants to be with the Lord all the days of his life, all the time. Because in verse 4 he says, The one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I just, I love that. Because he just wants to be with God. Like it's just a simple man yearning for the most simplest thing, just to be with God, just to sit with God, to be in his presence, to love God. And he just wants to be with God. But he also shows us how he does this. Because in verse 8, he says, My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. All he, you know, David shows us that all it takes to be with the Lord all the days of our life is to say, I'm coming. Is to say, Lord, I want to sit and I want to talk with you and I want to be with you. That All we have to do is just listen for the Lord and talk with him and discuss with him and just be with him. Like, But the amazing thing about this is, David wants to be with God. You know, you can hear him say, I really want to be with God. But the amazing thing is that God wants to be with David more. He wants to be with us 20 times more than we want to be with him. Because if you read this carefully, God is the one that gives David the invitation. God is the one that tells David's heart, come and talk with me. And he does the same thing for all of us because he sent Jesus. Jesus died so that he can send out that invitation to each and every single person sitting here and on the live stream to come and talk with him. Like, he already sent out that invitation because he wants to talk with us that much. And so that all we have to do, we don't even have to, like, strive to go. All we have to say is, God, I'm coming. And he meets us where we're at. And he sits with us. And he becomes our best friend. See, intimacy here, I think, looks a lot like intimacy with the best friend. You know, he wants to 
weep with you when you're weeping. He wants to comfort you when you need comfort. He wants to rejoice with you when you're happy. He just wants to be your best friend. Actually, I believe God is the best friend. Like, he's the best friend we could ever ask for because he knows exactly what we need when we need it. And he just wants to be there. Like, the God of the universe and all of his glory just wants to sit with you and talk with you and comfort you and love you and all those amazing things that God does. And so I think God can be so intimate in the way of a best friend. However, since God is so much more than best friend, my best friend is Jenna, and my intimacy with Jenna looks different than it does with God because God is omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's all the omnis that I always forget. But he's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He is everywhere. So naturally it's going to look a little more elaborate than a best friend is because he's, he's God. He's like literally the creator of the universe. It's just, it just has to look more elaborate. But I think what the Lord has really been pressing into me is what it looks like, and that's what I'm about to talk about. The Lord has shown me that intimacy with him requires knowing and recognizing where God is in your life. I'm going to say that again. Intimacy requires knowing and recognizing where God is moving in your life, where he is, what is he doing, how is he present with you. And what he's really been showing me is that there are four main ways that he can kind of be with us, and he can kind of be with us in our lives. There's probably infinitely more because he's God, but these are just the ones that I felt he wanted me to highlight. So when God is our provider. He, when you look at David, you know the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? David is looking to God to provide his strength. He wants God to be the provider of his strength. He knows that God is going to be what's going to give him strength to get it through the battle. So he's asking God to provide it for him. We also see in verse 3 when he says, even if they attack me, I remain confident. I believe that David is getting his confidence from the Lord. So he's asking the Lord to provide his confidence. And that is so much different than our uh, trying to be confident in ourselves, you know. Because a lot of times we have to fake it, until our make, to fake it until we make it. And we have to try to be like, I love myself. I'm so confident in who I am. But what if we looked at the Lord and said, hey, God, provide my confidence. Hey, God, provide the confidence in you. And I feel like we'd just be so more grounded. And that's what David is no, see, seeing and noticing. And he knows that's what it's going to take. That He wants the Lord to provide his confidence. He wants the Lord to be his provider. And see, intimacy with the provider looks different than, you know, like a best friend, like I said earlier. Because if you've ever asked somebody to provide you with something, it's kind of a vulnerable, intimate moment. Like, hey, God, I am weak here. I don't know how to do this without you. So I'm asking you to provide this for me. Like, that's a very vulnerable moment to, like, kind of admit that to yourself and to admit that to another person, let alone God. So intimacy with God can look like a provider. And one of the things that he can provide, at least David talks about in the psalm, he probably can provide infinite amount of things is David's reassurance, because we see David doubting, and we see David super stressed, you know, don't abandon me, God, don't leave me, and God just provides his reassurance. He looks to God because he knows he's the provider of his reassurance and his confidence and his strength. Another way that David, I believe, sees that we can be intimate with God is God can be our deliverer. So in verse 5 it says, For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. I believe David's just allowing the Lord to deliver him in this moment. And that God is our deliverer. He's the one that literally 
when he's delivering us, he's just kind of picking David up, and he's like, I'm going to put you on a rock over here so you don't screw anything up anymore, and I'm just going to go and fix this for you, and I'm just going to make it happen, you know, like I'm going to go hurt the people that are trying to kill you, going to make things happen, like God can be our deliverer in times, and that looks different than intimacy with um, a provider looks like, because one is we're asking the Lord to give us the strength or what to provide us with something so that we can walk it out. The other is God, just do it for me. You know, God, just make it happen. I sometimes have to sit and think, how many times in my life have I been probably knee-deep, like, about to be in so much trouble, like maybe I said something to a friend, and they were super upset at me. And I was probably about to get, my life was probably about to get a lot harder, but God just kind of swooped in the situation without me even knowing and probably just kind of was like, hey, don't be upset, don't give her a hard time. And then a problem that I should have had was completely delivered. Like, there's probably so many of those times that God has just, like, delivered us that we literally have no idea about. And I just love to think about that. Like, that is how aware of God is what everything. God is so aware of what's going on in our lives. But even an example of literally him delivering me in my life is just yesterday I found out. So I'm going to college in the fall. And my college decided a week and a half before we moved in that they were going to close the dorms, which was really sad. And everything kind of caught up to me yesterday, and I got really, really, really upset, really deep in a lot of emotions, and it was not very fun. And the moment I got out of it, because I was trying to look for an off-campus house with some people, because I still wanted to be up in Chicago where I'm going, and everybody fell through on me. So it was like just a midst of everything, like I just, nothing was working. And not 30 minutes after the Lord, like, delivered me from that awful, like, emotions and losing my mind, did literally I get like a message from somebody who wanted to be my roommate and she's a super strong Christian and like we're in the midst of finding an off-campus house like he just he just literally was like hey Sierra I'm gonna put you on a rock and just like kind of help you figure this out and then just let me pull some strings and like I it will make it work and it worked and it was like oh my gosh why don't I trust you <laughs> but so sometimes he's our deliverer it's like I didn't ask the Lord to provide me the strength to get through this I just asked him to do it and he did it so some, that intimacy looks different because we're just trusting that he'll just do whatever we need. And another one, another way that God can be intimate with us is he can be our father. You know, it says in the Bible, like, he's our Abba father. Like, he, he's God, he's our father. And what Dave, when David kind of refers to this is in verse 11, he says, Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the path of honesty. I think... The Father wants to tell us, like, when we're intimate with the Father, He just wants to lead us. He just wants to guide us. He just wants to, like, my dad probably did when I was little, and I thought I was so amazing. could cross the street on my own. He was probably like, my dad probably was like, take my hand, let me lead you across the street so we don't get run over by a car. Probably a smart thing to do. But that is just what a Father does. He gets in front of us, and He leads us, and He guides us. And I feel like in my life right now, going to college, and so much uncertainty. I need a Father. I need someone that's going to lead me, and the Lord knows that. So he's being intimate with me like that, just letting me follow him and taking me. And so that's kind of how intimacy with the Father looks, you know. And it looks different than a provider, and it looks different than a deliverer because our intimacy with our Father is just the intimacy with our Father. And lastly, the fourth way that the Lord can be intimate with us is by being our best friend. Like I was talking about earlier with David, he just wants to be our best friend. He wants to sit with you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to love you. And he just wants to be that person that you lean on. And that looks different 
than asking the Lord to be intimate with you in a providing way or deliverer way or a father way. It all just looks different. And so that's where it comes into knowing where God is in our life. And I honestly think he can probably be all of these things in one day and do however he wants to do, but I think there's moments in our lives where we can clearly see him being one of these things. And so if this doesn't make sense yet, which it might not, I don't know, I, the Lord provided me with this nice little story that I think will tie it in a bow on how it'll just make sense, and we can just hear the heart of our Father to us. So about a year ago, I decided I wanted some exercise, so I decided to take my little 12-pound Australian Terrier dog, Bella, on a walk. And I say Bella like that because I don't love Bella that much. She's not my favorite dog. You have met Bella. You probably know why. She's very loud. (laughs) She can be very annoying. And she's just a lot of high maintenance. But there's Grace, and I love her, and she's a great dog. But taking on our walk, so I was like, let's just have some, like, sister bonding time. Like, we're going to have a great time walking. And I don't know if it really was that. But while I was walking, I asked Bella, or not ask Bella. <laughs> of course, I didn't ask Bella. Um, I asked God, tell me something while I'm walking Bella. And this is kind of what he revealed to me over the next 45 minutes of walking her. He said, Sierra, life with the Lord and, like, intimacy with me is like walking Bella, except I'm you, so he's, God is the person, like, walking the dog, and I'm Bella. Oh, I really hope I'm not Bella. But, um, <laughs> but I'm the dog. And so we're on the Lord's leash at all times. He's right there. We're never alone. But this is what he showed me. While I was walking Bella, there would be times where she was just strutting her stuff and decided to go straight in front of me and just walk in the path. And there would be moments where she would be like, oh, I'm going to just, like, try to, like, go off the sidewalk. And I'm like, you're going to get hit by a semi-truck. Come back. And then I have to kind of, like, yank her back with the leash, and she'd come back and walk in the path. But she was just kind of doing her own thing, kind of walking in front. And what the Lord revealed to me in that moment is there's sometimes that I provided you, that I'm your provider, that I provide you with enough strength and confidence to walk in front of me. There are times in your life that you are just so confident and grounded in me that you don't have to have me right next to you. You don't have to have me right there, that you can walk out in front of me. And I'm not gonna go you, you're not going to go astray because he's got you on a leash. He's literally got you right here. And, like, if you start trying to go into oncoming traffic, he's going to bring you right back. But... There are just moments in his life that he's providing you with what with the necessary means to go in front of him and walk in strength and confidence, knowing that it's going to be okay. However, what he's aware of in these moments is that can be a really scary place to be because you can't always see the Lord. I mean, he's right there. You can feel him still. He's not that far back, and he's got you, but you can't always see him. So maybe there's scary moments that arise, and that's where the Lord wants to provide a reassurance when he's in that moment, that we can just like Bella probably did at some point, sit down and look back at me, and we can just look back at God. And he's like, oh, you're scared? Okay, reassurance. I'm going to just reassure you right now, and I'm going to provide you a little bit more strength and a little bit of confidence, and you're going to keep going in front, and you're going to keep walking that life and leading, walking down the path that I've created for you. And so there are just moments where God is walking behind us. He's still right there. He didn't leave us, but he's just giving us the confidence to keep walking. And then there are moments like when a biker would be coming on the path. And I was like, Bella, you cannot handle this. You are going to get run over by a bike, and I really don't want to go home and tell my parents that we have to pay money for four broken legs and a ruptured spleen. Like, we're just not doing that today. So I'd be like, okay, so I'm just going to pull the leash up and come walk right next to you. And God does the same thing. 
He walks up right next to us and says, hey, hey, Sierra, like, I'm here. I'm your best friend. I'm just going to comfort you. I'm just going to love you. I'm just going to be right here. Like, you can just, like, in those moments, you can just feel him right there. You can just feel him just, like, being right there, right next to you, walking life right next to you when you need it, right beside you. He doesn't leave. He just, he's just there, you know? And that's when he's our best friend, and he knows that we need that best friend in the moment that he's there. And then there's moments when we'd be crossing the street, and I knew Bella couldn't handle it, so I just picked her up. I just like, okay, I'm picking you up. She's a little 12-pound dog. I can pick her up. She, it's not that bad. I'll just pick you up to make sure you can handle this, and we'll walk across the street. And God does the same thing. <laughs> he sometimes literally just picks us up and delivers us. He puts us on that high rock. He picks us up, and he walks across the street or walks through whatever it is, makes the way, figures it out, cleans up our messes, and then he just delivers us through it, you know. And he knows when he needs to do that, and he knows when he needs to just bring us up real close and walk, just carry us through it. And he literally just needs to carry us through life. I feel like we can all relate to those moments where we just have literally been carried by the Lord through whatever is going on. And then lastly, there would be moments when I don't even know how this happened, but Bella's just a mess sometimes. So I would just walk in front. I would somehow end up in front of her. And she would be behind me, and I'm like, okay, I literally don't want to drag you right now. Come on. Um, but in those moments, um, the Lord reminded me, like, sometimes I'm just right in front of you. Sometimes I'm your father, and I'm just leading you. And I'm making the path right here, and I'm just walking you through it, and I'm guiding you through it. And sometimes I'm just letting you follow me. Like, there are just moments in life where I just want to let you follow me and just lead you through this and guide you through this and be your father. And in those moments, he reminded me that sometimes when you're back there, something crazy can be going on right here and something crazy can be going on right here. And we're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And all of a sudden, he's like, hey, Sierra, I'm literally two feet in front of you. Like, I'm right here. Like, look at me. Don't look at what's going on right here. I've already taken care of that. Like, just look at me. Just let me guide you through what you're supposed to be walking through. Not what's going on right here. Let me guide you right there. And he's just our father. And he's just walking life right in front of us walking us through it. And I think there's all times in our lives where we think we know what we need. I think, I'm like, God, I just need you to carry me and deliver me through whatever's going on. But God's not carrying. Instead, he's like behind me or whatnot, wherever he is. And that's where David, I think, is what he means when he says, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord in verse 14. He says, I think this shows us that just to let the Lord be where he wants to be because at the end he knows better than us. He knows that maybe right now I really want him to carry me, but he's providing for me because he knows that I need to learn how to be provided for by him. Like he just, he knows so much better than we do. So we can pray and ask him to be in one of these four places. But at the end of the day, we do have to be brave and courageous in wherever the Lord is and letting him just be there. So what all of this is to say that in the, at the end of the day, the key to intimacy with the Lord is asking God, where are you walking with me right now? Where are you walking with me right now? Are you my, being my provider, my father, my deliverer, my best friend? Where are you walking with me right now? And how we can live this out is by once he tells us, recognizing where he is. Recognizing the moments throughout the week where he is, where he says he was. You know, recognizing the moments where something crazy was happening and all of a sudden it just died down and everything worked out. I probably was just carried. Like that was the Lord carrying me through this. 
recognizing when I'm just like, wow, I'm, I'm like very confident right now. Like I'm feeling really good and very strong in the Lord. Oh, like he's giving, he's providing this for me so I can walk in front of him. Just being able to recognize where he's walking with you in that way. And that's how you stay close to him. And that's how you know. And the amazing thing about this is if you are constantly watching for where the Lord is walking with you, you'll see the proof of God, that God is who he says he is. And he says, you are never alone. And he says, you are never alone. Well, in any of those places, were you alone? No, you're just in different places. And we have to shift our eyes on where he is in that moment. But you were never alone. And so it's just about recognizing where God is and what he's doing and how he's working. And so I would like Teddy to come up now to pray over us with that. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, I'm Teddy. Um, Lynn, would you like to come up? Um, we're gonna, I'm going to pray for you guys, and then we're going to go into a time of communion. Um, so, Lord, we just pray um, that you just provide us a path. Um, just as we go out our lives and we go out from this church, I just pray that you just are with us and just continue just to provide a path for us and just give us our strength. Um, instead of just leaving you here at the church, Lord, just come with us into every aspect of our life and just show, show your unfailing love and um, just love and care for us. So, Lord, I just pray that into everybody, everybody as we go out, and just spread your love and just encounter it. Um, Lord, we pray. Amen. Um, so we're going to go into time of communion. So if you guys want to take the cup that you guys all got um, that was on your chair. So the bread that when Jesus was up with his disciples, the bread was broken and Jesus said, this is, this is my body given, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the wine and said, this cup is the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for you so as you drink this just remember that you are forgiven and your sins are washed away by the blood that jesus poured out for you
So as you guys begin to wrap it up, um, this is the formally dismissal of the church service. So I hope you guys enjoyed, and I just I pray that you guys have a good rest of your day.